We're back with another episode of the Hook Eric podcast with the Hook Cam, soon to be renamed podcast. We're probably going to put that up for a vote, let you guys choose. But anyways, today we're talking Luke Bryan Gate. Why the hell does Luke Bryan follow me? He follows Ellen. He follows Reba McIntyre. Why does he follow the Hook Eric? We're talking Diva. We're talking Antonio Brown, him being shirtless on a treadmill and all of his crazy antics. Would we take Odell Beckham Jr. on the Patriots? And a lot more. A little bit of Kyrie as well. But a lot more. Yeah, that's crazy. No way. That's crazy. So Weird, man. So another random news before we go. Uh, yeah, the hook Joe pointed out that Luke Bryan follows me, and he he he's got like four point five million followers, and he only follows one hundred and two people, and I'm right there. So it's like Luke Bryan follows you. Yeah, so there's like, it's so weird. I don't know. I'm skeptical. I don't know why I'm skeptical, but it's like Ellen Reba McIntyre, the Grand Old Opry, and then the hook Eric is right there. I'm like, what? That's so random. I wonder if, uh, yeah, that's super random. Like, he, there's no way he manages his own Instagram account. Though. Like, it's got to be somebody else, right? I don't, I don't know, because each, I mean, every celebrity kind of has does their own thing. I don't know if if he has management, right. and maybe he just. But even if somebody's managing it and then they follow me, that's kind of weird too. You know, well, not weird, but that's. Yeah. I don't know. The only there, there's hey, a the, couple people the, in there. When did it? No, I was I was wondering like I was gonna wonder like when he followed you, but like you probably don't even know. I have no I have no clue. Somebody just pointed it out, um, and a lot of people. I don't even know who else follows me. If there's any more blue check marks in there, I don't know. Go through it, but uh, yeah, I, I always get I always get DMs like <clears throat> like oh this person commented or liked your shit, and I, I would have no idea. I had no right. idea Dante Hightower was liking my shit. He liked like four of my posts. I think on the fourth one, somebody DM me. So they're awesome. like. Dante Hightower is yeah. liking your shit. Yeah. So. Hey, Boom Power is all over you on Instagram. Dude, I fucking love that guy. I loved him before. I love him He's even been, more. No, when I was, uh, when I was, uh, when I was, fuck, it was when I was like living at home. Uh, a couple of years ago, I posted a picture of like barbecue. Like I was barbecuing something and fucking Dante Hightower liked my picture. And I was yeah. like, get the fuck out of here. And then he followed me for a little bit. So, like, he used to follow me. He doesn't follow me anymore, which kind of bummed me out when I checked. I, like, didn't want to check for, like, two, three, four months. I was like, no. Like, it was just in the back of my mind. And then I was like, all right, I got to check to see. And he didn't follow me anymore. But, bro, you got Luke Bryan following you. You got uh, Hightower following you. And then didn't you have one more dude who's on the patch who's following you? I don't know. I don't know. I've... I thought, little, you had, I thought you had like Patrick Chung or someone like that like your post or something. Yeah, I think there's a couple likes. The thing about Hightower is I think I can't tell if somebody runs his account. Kind of the red flag with his account is he follows like 3,000 people. So I don't know if he has somebody just kind of engaging with people who have certain hashtags and liking or commenting. Right. <clears throat> um, and I, I mentioned him in a couple things and he DM'd me back. But it was all emojis, just like the the fist. And then after he DM'd yeah. me like a second time, I was like, I'm gonna send him a little message. And of course, when I sent the message, I was, yeah. I think I said, Oh, when I was when I was down in Atlanta, I couldn't make it into the Patriots party. Maybe in Miami, we can party up or something. I said something fucking douchey like that. I right when I hit the send button, I was like, Fuck, why did I send something that stupid? Yeah, fuck, I could have said something way cooler than that. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> He just he just liked it, so I was like, okay. So we're 
we're not boys yet. I'm working on being boys with Dante, right. but we ain't there. Fuck, that'd be sick. Hey, we got to try it. We, how crazy would it be? First guy on the pod, Dante Hightower. <laughs> Ever heard of him? Yeah. Jesus Christ. I, I mean, it's the same thing with Luke Bryan. Because he, I don't know, but he, he only follows 100 people. That's why, That's even if he crazy. has people, it's like, it's kind of weird. And may, maybe he kind of has like a revolving door of like 10 people that are smaller you know, so right. he, so he follows yeah. kind of mega yeah. stars, but he has ten that are revolving doors. I don't know. We'll we'll keep an eye on on Luke Bryan Gate and see how it how it all. We need to, yeah, we definitely need to keep an eye on Luke Bryan Gate, and we probably need to get someone on who knows more about Instagram than we do. Because <laughs> I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty bad about Instagram. Yeah, I'm really I mean, bad with Instagram. It's I mean you can never really tell. I mean, because there's some celebrities that I mean I think all of them have somebody managing it. But then there's other celebrities that right. actually engage in it and, f- and they, keep like, an they, eye yeah, on like the timeline, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't know. So on on to sports. Enough with country music and Luke okay. Bryan and his fake white yeah. teeth, his beautiful fake yeah. eyebrows. <laughs> uh, so we got a couple topics coming up. I don't know what you want to start with. We're thinking Antonio Brown, maybe um, some Kyrie. What are you thinking? I really want to start. I really want to start with Kyrie because I personally am not a huge basketball guy. Obviously, I love the Celtics, um, and like if a Celtics game is on, I'm on the West Coast, so any Celtics game I can watch, I'll watch. I can't watch tonight. They play the Bucks. I can't watch that one because I'm, um, I'll be busy. But um, like any Celtics game I can watch, I'm gonna watch. But the whole thing that is crazy to me about the NBA is just like it's just the most drama filled league and like i feel like some people love it i can't stand it i think it's stupid as shit i hate the drama but like my opinion on this is like i love the fact that today Kyrie was like he just started ripping ripping reporters he's like how do you get that like me and my best friend are talking how do you think it's free agency me like how do you even look into that so i'm i'm really interested to see what happens with this whole thing because Boston's a big sports market and people in Boston before have had trouble with the, the market uh, players have before. So I'm interested to see if he's like, you know what? I want to go to a smaller market team or if, um, or if he just like embodies it and loves the city. Cause I, I can't tell man. I, I can't like, he's obviously not like Marcus smart um, putting up posts of how much he loves the city of Boston. But um, I'm interested to hear your take on it though. Cause you didn't sound like you like it. Dude. I, Dude, I, Kyrie was my favorite player in the league to, to watch when he was on Cleveland, and I never really vocalized that for obvious reasons, and I was pumped. I still like right. Kyrie, but all this stuff, he's just constantly contradicting himself. So the whole hallway thing with Kevin Durant, I mean, what are the chances that he knew or that he didn't know cameras were there? I feel like that's pretty low. I feel for some reason, how do you not know a camera's going to be on you when you're talking to Kevin Durant anywhere? You know what I mean? And there's just so many little things that are adding up. Uh, And, I mean, you look at Kevin Durant, and he really actually hates the media, as Kyrie claims to hate the media. But the thing about Kevin Durant is he really doesn't say that much. He doesn't – he's not in a – he's not in the stadium saying, I'm planning on staying here if you guys will have me. Then two months later saying, I don't owe anybody shit. Like, he's just like, fuck the media. You guys are stupid. But the thing about Kyrie is like, dude – you were in front of a bunch of cameras, and then you were talking about the phone call that you had with LeBron James and how you had a heart-to-heart and 
all this other stuff. And I thought he was sending a message to the, to his teammates. But at the same time, it's like, dude, if you don't like the media, number one, don't talk about a phone call with LeBron James. ESPN jerks off to anything with LeBron James in it. So and true. You know, so true. like, how do you, I, like, you can't yeah. claim to not like the media and then start talking about your phone call with LeBron James and then come back a month later and say, you guys are full of shit. Like, dude, you're going, you're all over the map. And that's the thing is, I can't tell yeah. if he's just that dude that's like, I'm going to fuck with the media and just say all this random stuff and contradict myself. But the thing is, is the fans and like all I think about all the kids that just love Kyrie, all the fans that love Kyrie, like you're putting them right under the bus with all this shit. You're, you're frustrating a lot of people yeah. like if you don't like the media, right. just don't fuck with the media, you know? Yeah. No, I, I completely understand with what you're talking about. Really good points. Um very true with the whole LeBron thing. And, like, you kind of think about it with where the Celtics were at as a team. If I'm not mistaken, and, again, I could be wrong because, like, obviously football season was gone and we all have our own stuff going on. But um, when he said that he had the heart-to-heart with LeBron, wasn't that at a time where the Celtics, like, weren't doing great and they were kind of on the low? And not necessarily on the low, but, like, they were struggling a little bit as a team. And, like, I could definitely see him giving a call to LeBron because, like, as much as people don't like LeBron, and trust me, I'm not the biggest LeBron guy ever, but I respect the hell out of him um, as a basketball player. But I could totally see someone who's, like, a former player, like, a former teammate of his and him reaching out and being like, hey, how'd you deal with this? Like, you had a lot of personalities. At the same time, totally get what you're saying. Like, don't fucking sit there and, like, tell ESPN – oh, yeah, I talked with LeBron about how to be a better leader, basically. Like, obviously, ESPN is going to take it and run with it. But yeah. I don't know, man. It's just, it's so fucking NBA. It's so fucking NBA of this entire thing to blow up, right? I, I, and, but, like, I do enjoy the fact that Kyrie is like, I don't fucking owe you shit. And I would assume he's talking about the media. I don't fucking owe you an answer. That's yeah. what I think he was saying. Yeah. But there's been, like, six or seven interpretations of it. Like, it's... It's crazy to me that there's like this many opinions on it and really nobody's pretty, no one's certain about what's going to happen. No one knows if he's staying in Boston. Like it's, it, no one knows where he's going to go. I don't, know. I don't yeah. know. I hope he stays in Boston because Kyrie, like it's pretty easy to win me over. And like when I can't remember who they were playing, I think it was on Christmas and he like fucking, he like had his Jersey up and it had the Celtics right there. And he was like, this is our fucking city. Like, I love that shit. That gets me fired up. Like anytime somebody embodies the city like that, I'm all about it. But there's just been so much back and forth with it that it's like, you know, it's like I was hurt in a relationship before and I'm scared to get in one again. I just don't know if like I'm going to go all in on Kyrie yet, you know? Yeah, the whole thing with Kyrie though is he's not like the blue collar type player that he's not he's not a Boston player. I mean, as much as he's going to try to position position himself as one, I mean, he's not, and that's fine. I mean, he's he's more Hollywood than he is Boston in my mind. He's just not a grinder. He's not like you said. He's not Marcus Smart, um, and he is kind of drama filled yeah. too. I mean, he's not about just the as much as he pretends to be about all the wins and losses. I mean, to to backtrack on what you were saying about the. He didn't say I don't owe you shit. He said I don't I don't owe anybody shit when when they were questioning him about returning to Boston next year. That that's that's okay. how he answered the question. Uh and also okay. did the way that I just kind of read the the LeBron phone call thing is it was it wasn't even preempted. 
Like, he just kind of came out, and it's almost as if, like, you know, if you have a roommate who just doesn't do the dishes, and then you're out to dinner with, like, 12 people, and somebody's like, how's your burger? And you just say, oh, not bad, but, hey, by the way, I had a phone call with one of my old roommates. I was just telling him about how, you know, I'm sorry I didn't do the dishes because I was a huge piece of shit. Like, nobody asked you yeah. about that. You know what I mean? Like, why, why are you Very bringing true. that up? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. it's like, dude, can you just shut up and play basketball? It's just so, it's just so annoying to me. And it's, I can't yeah. tell if he's trolling or if he's do, if he's not doing it on purpose. Because if he signs with yeah. Boston next year, it kind of erases it for me. But if he leaves, like I'm gonna buy, yeah. I'm gonna buy tickets in other stadiums just to boo him. <laughs> it's gonna make me yeah, so mad if he doesn't fair. sign. Yeah. And I don't, I wouldn't blame you at all. Like a hundred percent it's, and it's like, obviously it's super bottom line, but it's like, if he signs in Boston and he can kind of really good point by you also backtracking a little bit to say he's not a blue collar player. Like I completely agree. There's very few guys in the league who I look at and I'm like, they're fucking blue collar. They live and breathe like that. That's it. Like the, the grinder workforce. Um, Marcus Smart's definitely that Kyrie's definitely not. If he does leave, like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't blame anybody who's like, dude, fuck this guy. All he did was bring a shit ton of drama to Boston. Everybody thought that he was going to make a run to a championship. If, because like, there's been pretty solid speculation that if Boston doesn't go to the finals, he's out. Yeah, and like, obviously that's tall order. Um, but I mean, if if you're like, if you're Danny Ainge, like, you got to think Danny Ainge has a backup plan coming, right? Like, well, there's Anthony Davis who's floating out there. But it's like, yeah, I'm with you with all the drama, dude. It's it's almost I, I. One of my favorite things about sports is kind of the free agency and all and players moving yeah. around or this guy who's been with this team for ten years and all of a sudden you know he's not on the Yankees and he's on you know the Texas Rangers now. It's a cool part and it's it's almost like yeah. you know the rumors in high school of some girl who was dating this guy now she's sleeping with this dude. But the thing is if all these girls are just banging every dude, it kind of, it's like, it loses its fun. It's just, everybody's banging everybody. Yeah. You oh, know, exactly. Yeah. It's like free agency in the NBA. Now it's like, it's weird because a couple of years ago, obviously people wanted to people, like people love seeing a mix up. They love seeing drama now. Like for me, I'm not a big drama guy. I can't stand the NBA drama. So for me now, I want to see a dude like if Anthony Davis would have been like, no, nah, I'm fucking New Orleans till I die. I'm loyal. I respect the shit out of that. Like now if somebody wants to be loyal to a city, I respect that way more than people who are ring chase. And that's what's consumed the NBA and consumed those players is they're trying to ring chase. Yeah. It's, it's a weird, like it's, it's a really, really weird trend in the NBA. Um, and what's weird throughout all of it is that like the Warriors just keep pumping out championships and they're just a stud team. They're probably going to win it this year. Um, uh, but, like, they're another team that's going to get decimated by free agency. It's, yeah. It's going to be weird. True, true. But that's the NBA. That's the league they wanted. That's the league they wanted. And they got it. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's Yeah, it's getting tiring. But anyways, I, I just got something that popped up on my phone here. We got our first breaking news ever in the – I don't even know what the name of our Rutt podcast Rutt. is yet. It could be Rut Row. I don't, I don't know, know yet. That could be it. Rut Row. <laughs> uh, it's uh, I don't know. It's it's the hook pod. I don't know. We we got a lot. What is it though? Fucking dying to hear. I'm on pins and needles over here. Um. So Bryce Harper is giving Padres a chance to match the Phillies' offer. Whoa. Yeah. I Interesting. Thought, I thought that was a complete rumor. Uh. But I. Well, it is a rumor, but it's starting to pick up steam a little bit. I don't know if it's just a headline grabber, which it very much could be, but. 
I, that's, right. that's, I mean, how much money do the Padres have to spare? What are you going to spend six hundred million dollars? It's going to be more than six hundred million dollars. Yeah, on on two guys. That's unreal. Well, because Phillies offered him ten years, three twenty five, right? It's something along those lines. Uh, you, wait, you said the Phillies, or you're talking about the Padres with uh, Machado? No, no. I know Machado got signed for ten years, three hundred mil. Yeah. So I, I like I thought the number floating around for Harper in the Phillies was ten, ten years. Sorry, ten years, three twenty five. Where huh. are the Padres getting this much money? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I believe that. That's that's excessive. I mean, you you got to go out and get more pitchers for that type of money. You got your bat. What do you need two of the? Be- Seriously, go get some fucking. I, I don't believe that rumor. I don't know. I'm I'm not right with that. All right. Um. Anyways, okay, we're writing it off. Yeah, let, let's get back to divas and move into either OBJ or Antonio Brown. Oh, I'll let you jump go. into these. It, it's a diva type podcast. Um, you know, I saw you post. This is a, definitely the diva episode. Uh, I saw you post about AB today. Loved it. I think he's handling things really well. You can tell nothing's getting to his head with bleaching his his facial hair or his hair. And the just just an outstanding PR stunt by Art Rooney and AB to try and save whatever respect the rest of the league had left for AB. I mean, he's just it's crazy. I, I think you said earlier, like, look what he did to the Steelers culture, right? That was you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And like, completely agree. I mean, like, what this like people need to understand, and this is something that like everyday football fans don't really get. Antonio Brown is really, really good at tackle football. I completely get that. He's really good at it. He's going to, if you use him right, he's going to catch a hundred plus balls. He's going to put over a thousand plus yards and he might catch double digit touchdowns. That's outstanding. That's a really good football player. But what a couple of franchises in the NFL have done and what not a lot of them do is they, and really it's only the Patriots. No player is worth the culture of your franchise. Yeah. No player is worth that. And Antonio Brown isn't a guy that you bring in and you say, yeah, you need to adapt to our culture. That's not who Antonio Brown is. That's just, it's, it's the old school, like me, it's the old school, like me, my ego, where's my money. And that's kind of what's happening with AB. Um, I think that he thought eh, a lot of, a lot of thinking going on here. I would assume that AB thought that he was above big Ben in that, in that locker room. Yeah. And I don't think that would, and, and, and just to me assuming, I don't think that what he understood was that rings go a lot farther than being really popular on Instagram or catching a lot of footballs in the regular season. Rings carry the weight of the world in the football, in a football locker room. Big Ben's got two of them, right? Two or three. Yeah. Two. Two. He lost one of the Packers. Yeah. He's got two of them. And in that, in that locker room, like, Big Ben's what goes. And if you have a problem with Big Ben, you're probably not going to be on the team that long. And so from what – from I can't remember what I read or where I heard it, but A.B. and Big Ben got into it late in the season um, on like a Thursday or a Friday or whatever it was, and he A.B. basically didn't show up until game day. And like that, that shit doesn't fly, man. If someone doesn't show up to – like think about some dude, some, someone working a nine-to-five. You don't show up for two days of work. Like what's going to happen? You're going to – you're going to get canned. So it doesn't shock me that uh, AB is on the trade block. Um, I think that the picture with Art Rooney is 100% a hundred percent of PR stunt. That's a huge PR stunt. That's a, that's Art Rooney going to AB like, hey, look, 
no teams, no teams are going to be really that interested in you. We're not going to get the best value out of you. So come take a picture with us, make it look like we've kind of figured shit out. Man, I, I, you know, you, you saw my video. I'm completely with you. I just don't think a lot of fans, when they say you would be dumb not to take Antonio Brown, I don't think they've ever met an ego. I've met some egos that are probably not even close to his level that I thought were just bad for teams. And I know I, I didn't play any high-level yeah. sports. I played like D3 baseball. But I met some people who had just the me-first attitude who thought they were the best thing that's ever walked planet Earth completely. And that has – I mean that hurts the chemistry of a baseball team. And football is it's the most important. If you have one of those dudes, especially if you have some younger people on your team or up-and-coming players, and that's – probably where he's going to land that's going to completely ruin some of those other dudes you know unless you put him on maybe the Packers where you have Aaron Rodgers who's going to be the the true alpha male where maybe Antonio Brown looks at him and says okay that's the Hall of Famer on the team I'm you know I'm not bigger than that dude which is even even that's questionable but this dude just cannot get out of his own way I just every time that I see him look at himself in the phone and smile I'm like dude this guy's a psycho during Mike Tomlin's, you know, locker room speech after a game, can you just stay off your Facebook live? Um, Can you just, can you just not act like a psychopath while we're trying to trade you in the off season? I don't know, man. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take Antonio Brown. If the Steelers called up the Patriots and said trade for a fourth rounder, I don't think Belichick would even, even bother with it. No, I think that first off, like people need to understand AB is not going anywhere in the AFC. Like yeah. he's not going to touch an AFC team. Um, I think that your best case scenario is, I mean, even a team like the Niners, cause like, I know that the Niners are kind of the, the speculation. And before, before we really like got to see AB go off the rails, I was like, yeah, like I think the Niners and Antonio Brown would be like a really cool story. Um, but well, like what I do know just from like listening to podcasts and just kind of like reading articles about the Niners is that their whole thing over the last couple of years was a culture change. And they, uh, John Lynch came in and he was like, you know, there's pictures on the walls of guys who are still on the team. Like we, we need to not look at guys who are on the team and be like, we need to be like them. We need to look at guys who have been here in the past, like Joe Montana, Steve Young, Jerry Rice. Like we need to look at those guys and be like them. They understand how to win championships. Like we're not just here to win regular season games. We want to win championships. So I think that picking up a guy like AB, like almost goes back on that whole thing. You know what I mean? And the one saving grace for this is that maybe, uh, you good? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. (laughs) Go ahead. All right. No, uh, the one saving grace for this is that, Maybe Antonio, like if I'm Antonio Brown's agent and like, I'm trying to make a deal, it's a fresh start. My whole pitch is we need a, he needs a fresh start. Like he's obviously not happy in Pittsburgh. He wasn't happy in the locker room. He needs a fresh start. He needs to, to start over again with a new team, new faces. Um, that'd be the whole pitch for me. But I agree. Like right now he's on a really, really weird path. I don't, I can't remember another player like him just going off the rails like this. Can you? No, I mean, maybe Terrell Owens in a sense, but I, th- I think that's the most comparable person. Yeah, but that person. was like, that was almost like, yeah, that was like an innocent, like working out in the front yard. Like, yeah, I'm not happy with coaches. Like, maybe he's like dyeing his hair blonde. Like, he looks psycho, <laughs> man. If, like, if you saw that dude on the, like, legit, if you saw AB, like, 
walking down the street with bleached hair and like just a bleach of mustache would be like that dude's got some serious fucking problems man and but i don't know it it's just weird it's just weird Dude, it's um, gonna the take the other dealer that I want to tag. Oh, go ahead. Go no, ahead. I, I think it's gonna take some kind of a oh, man. It's with Antonio Brown, people's eyes are gonna get big, and it's gonna take that type of a GM to sign him. That Instagram yeah. live uh, just put it over the the top for me when he's talking about, hey, if you got that guaranteed money, that's all I'm gonna deal with. I don't got time for anything else. It's like, dude, you just bailed on the last week of your season when your team needed you the most, and I understand. Yeah. Big Ben, he may be difficult to to work with. Maybe he's not the uh, the easiest quarterback to, I guess, to, to to be a weapon for. But dude, he's a Hall of Famer. He knows how to win football games. You know what I mean? Like, how do you get to the point where you're 100%. not showing up? Like, it's your job, even for yourself. Like, even if somebody's treating you badly, yeah. you have to show up. You know? Yeah, he he lost it, dude. He legit just lost it. Um, I'm. It's just interesting, man. I've never seen, and especially in an organization like the Steelers, where like they pride themselves on class and being, you know, they're they, you know, before this year, were the only team with six Super Bowl wins, and Big Ben's like still a guy that they can depend on, and it's just weird how he just lost it, especially with a coach like Tomlin, who's such a players' coach. Like this is why you have a guy like Tomlin as your as your head coach, so yeah. that shit like this doesn't happen in the locker room, and look what fucking happened. Right. Like if AB legit, if AB doesn't do that Facebook live a couple of years ago and give the Patriots bulletin board material, like it's it's just weird, man. Like he just went so off the rails in a situation where you thought that really not a lot of players could. That's that's the way I look at it. I mean, he's a huge red flag. Maybe he goes somewhere. I mean, if if a place like Seattle has the cap space, maybe somewhere yeah, like that. But that could you're, work. You're, 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 I can see Seattle. You know, working. it's just. It's 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 just weird, man. It's just a weird situation. He's not going anywhere in the AFC. I know we probably got you know five people listening to the podcast, and all of them are Pats fans. Yeah. But guys, he's not going to New England. Yeah, he's, he's not, not going not. to. New, he's not going anywhere on AFC soil. Guarantee you, he's no not. way. So, what do you Watch think him about get traded to the fucking Browns next week? Right, dude. <laughs> I could. That, I mean, <laughs> that could happen too. So, where do you put him in comparison with Odell Beckham Jr. Because Probably, probably I, for I, the um, first half of the season, I was thinking these two dudes are like bread and butter. They're like peanut butter and jelly. They're so similar, and I still think a lot of the same. But what do you think about who would you prefer, Odell Beckham Jr. or Antonio Brown? I would, I would take OBJ on my team ten times out of ten. Yeah, like, and the reason being is because I think that, um, like this is going to sound weird and it might be a little bit of bias. I've always, I've always liked Odell Beckham. I always have. I think that his, his PR shit off the field and his little like bitch fight with Josh Norman on the field. I hated that. But at the end of the day, like OBJ wants to fucking win. You know what I mean? And I sent you that Instagram post that he put, he posted like about uh, Brady and it was from a couple years ago, but it's yeah, and that, all yeah. for people who haven't, for people who haven't seen it, it's basically uh, like videos of Tom Brady losing his shit on the sidelines and then videos of OBJ losing his shit on the sidelines. And they're both fucking like, they're both competitors. They both want to win. And I think the difference is that OBJ right now is on a team that has nothing. Like they have Saquon, they've got Eli Manning and Manning, the Manning family is that's too big of a name to let go. So he's not going anywhere anytime soon. I don't think, 
Um, it's just like, I just think that he's in there really, he's at the bottom of the barrel right now. And I obviously there's a huge price tag with it. And I don't know the numbers of like what the Pats have to offer in terms of if they could actually make a move for him. But the fact that it's come out and kind of been confirmed that the Patriots really tried to push for him last year, nothing's really changed with the Giants this, this year. And the only thing that's changed with the Patriots is they got some more bling and they got a shit ton of picks. Yeah. So why <laughs> wouldn't a guy like o- Odell Beckham like make sense for the Patriots, right? Giants are trading him from NFC to AFC. They don't have to see him again except for once every four years, right? You can stockpile draft picks. Maybe you can squeeze out a, a veteran defender, a vet somewhere that can help you out a little bit. But if I'm the Giants, I kind of look at that trade and I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. We can stockpile picks. We have other receivers who can kind of take that role. Um, you've got a guy like Saquon Barkley you can build around. It's It makes sense for the Giants, but it also, again, I don't know if it makes sense number-wise for the Patriots, but for the Patriots, Odell Beckham to me is a loose cannon. And he's like he's like a little kid right now who's got a shit ton of energy and he's really angry and he doesn't understand why, but he needs like he needs a mentor to to be like, hey man, this is how things go. And he kind of went to New York and he was the dude in New York. No one was gonna tell OBJ what to do. It's OBJ. Yeah. Right. But you send him into a place like New England where he's literally like it's like sending a kid away to boarding school, man. Like he doesn't have anything to do but football. Like you send a talent like Odell Beckham to New England and he's got nothing to do but football. That dude's going to be a stud receiver. And he's going to like, it's not like he's going to look at Tom Brady and be like, who's this fucking guy. Obviously that's the greatest player in NFL history. He's like, he's going to listen to him. He's going to understand the extra work that you have to put in. He's going to understand the game of football. I think that's what I would hope if he actually does go to New England. So I disagree with you on, on a few different levels. And here's why, because I put, Odell Beckham Jr. and Antonio Brown kind of in the same class for for a few different reasons. Antonio Brown, I think, I don't know, visually because he dyed his mustache blonde, if that just put it over the top. But over the past couple of weeks, Antonio Brown has kind of exceeded Odell Beckham Jr. levels. But a lot of my friends claim with that video, that, that video has been thrown in my face because I've been, I've been criticizing Odell Beckham Jr. for such a long time. It's not the same for me with Tom Brady and Odell Beckham Jr. being passionate because when it comes to your team winning, there's – I mean you ask any single player on their on the NFL team if they want to win, they're going to bring up, man, I've been playing this game since I've been 10. I've been grinding it out through college to get to this point here to win with my football team. But the thing is, is there's a lot of little things around the game that you got to take care of that are not going to distract your football team or or kind of prevent them from winning. And it's like the biggest thing right. for me is like, Odell, you're sitting next to fucking Lil Wayne in, in, a, in an interview. Lil Wayne just fucking smoked a blunt outside. Can you maybe not trash oh, your fucking true. football team? Can you not trash your football team yeah. for like 10 minutes? And if you're going to trash your football team, wait until it's like a one-on-one with Oprah or something like that. You know what I mean? Like know yeah. where you are. Yeah. And so many people talk about what they want, but when it comes to actions, it's like, dude, that was the biggest clown show ever. Like the Giants struggled through the first part of the season, but how many times have we seen the Giants kind of figure it out, especially with Eli Manning? They, If you look at their schedule, yeah. they actually had a pretty tough schedule, and they started to play tough at the end. 
Who knows what would have happened yeah. if you had an Odell Beckham Jr. who was saying the right things and not trashing everybody yeah. and, and putting the younger the younger kids on his back like he was he was paid to fucking do. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then every, yeah. And then also on top of him coming to New England, you talk about a system and you talk about maybe a game where New England is how many games have we have we seen Tom Brady come from behind where he's just using the slot? He's he's just throwing to the seam to Jules. They're double covering, you know, even Josh Gordon during those times. It's like, is Odell Beckham Jr. going to be able to chill out during the, the first half of that game where you're losing? Is Does he have that mindset yeah. to do that and not trash, you know, Sony Michelle when he's probably the most fragile he's ever ever going to be in his career, in his rookie year? Let's just say he, he came this year. That's, that's kind of my yeah. thing with Odell. It's the same thing with Antonio Brown. I think they're peas in a pod. Yeah. No, there's a lot of good points. I forgot about the ESPN interview. That was fucking hysterical. <laughs> um, it, that was such a, like, Bush League move. It's not even funny. And like I said, like, I, I, I definitely agree with what you say, but I, again, rings speak volumes in a locker room. Yep. And like, go into a locker room with New England. You know every fucking player when they get to New England. Like, I guarantee you the first thing that fucking happens is, like, they get sat down with Belichick it's a closed door meeting and Belichick lays out the fucking rules and this is how it's going to go if you don't do this your ass is out of here and so I could see something like that happening again but that's like Odell Beckham has to want that to happen again this is all speculation all hypothetical OBJ has to want that to happen he has to want to be in New England he has to want to win rings he has to not care about his fucking Instagram his Facebook any of that shit he's got to want to win rings and he's got to want to be great at football and I don't know, again, I don't know if he wants that. I don't know if these guys in the league want to sacrifice that fame to, to make a run. You know what I mean? I don't know if guys could do that. And, again, you're right as far as, um, you know, who as in a game plan, in a football game plan, the reason why Tom Brady's ended up hitting his slot guys, it's not necessarily because, oh, that's Jules, I trust him. It's a lot to do with what he's reading as a, as literally as the ball is being snapped and pre-snap, right? As the ball is being snapped, he's looking at where safeties are, where backers are lined up, and who's got better leverage. Again, again the thing about Jewel Edelman is the fact that he fucking runs great routes. Like, yeah. there hasn't been a receiver who runs a quote-unquote option route as good as Julian Edelman. It's literally what he's based his career off of that and a number of other things. But one of the great things he does is a great route runner. Um, you bring up a good point, though. Would OBJ be able to handle that first half where they're only scoring six points? I don't know. That's a good point. Yeah. I would imagine that if he gets to New England and he lasts that long, that yes. Another thing that we have to consider with this is is Josh Gordon in the picture. Because if Josh Gordon is in Patriots camp next year, then I, I, I don't see them making a move for a receiver. I but, don't. He, but even still, he, he's kind of a wild card in terms of what if, – if, is he going to stick around? Uh, hopefully the Patriots. Yeah. Hopefully they just let him have the first six or seven weeks off. <laughs> just you know, yeah. j- just let him chill out for a little while. And same with Gronk. You know, Gronk. A lot, lot more rumors are talking about him coming back too. So I don't know. Yeah, let them both chill out, and then maybe we'll. There's a couple tight ends in this draft that are coming. I think the guy from was Stanford, and then there's there's two other ones that are really good. Hopefully they. There's they, a dude from. There's a. Dude, I, I haven't done my uh, my pre-draft stuff. I'm a big. I'm a big draft guy. Um, so March 1st to 4th is the combine. There's a kid from Iowa that everybody's predicting that yeah. New England gets. Um, it's, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Gronk though. I think that, you know, Belichick, 
from what I've seen, I think Teddy Bruschi said, said this, he was like, you know, the, after the season, when you're, when those, there's those players who are deciding, do I want to come back? Do I want to retire? Belichick always tells them the first couple weeks after the season, it's very emotional. Take your time. Think about it. Um, so we'll see, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening with Gronk. I, I feel like he'll come back. I really do. And I don't know if that's just a little Patriots fanboy in me. Um, but I, I hope to God Gronk comes back. I feel like he will, but obviously no one knows. One can guarantee it. So. Yeah.